This is Her Self-Expression with Beverly Price, a podcast dedicated to women who seek self-empowerment. Like many women, Beverly suffered with low self-esteem, and now she is on the other side and is ready to share her knowledge with you. In this podcast, we interview inspirational women every week who share action-oriented tips to boost self-image and self-confidence. If you'd like to move from self-loathing to self-love, as Beverly did, stay tuned for today's episode that is sure to help you take on the world. And now, here's Beverly. Enjoy the show. Hi, beautiful. I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm Beverly Price, the self-expression expert who advocates for a woman's transformation from self-doubt to self-love and the host of the Her Self-Expression podcast. Most women struggle with their self-image and self-confidence. Her Self-Expression provides knowledge, support, and insight to help women on their journey to self-empowerment on the inside and out so they can confidently take on the world. Today, I have these questions for you. How would you rate your communication on a scale of 1 to 10? And be honest. Does communication help empowerment? In what way? How has it helped yours? Well, my guest today is Deborah Roberts. Deborah is a conversation expert, author, licensed social worker, and developer of the Relationship Protocol Communication Model. With a background as a licensed clinical social worker, a business consultant, and a trauma consultant, Deborah has over 25 years of experience working with challenging relationships and interaction in all settings. She is a columnist for Inc. Magazine, Inc.com, has written for The Business Insider, and has been featured as an expert on multiple media platforms, including The New York Times. I promised you that I would get top-notch guests for you. Deborah's proprietary, practical, and effective approach to communication revolutionized how we interact and work together. It is at the core of the communication protocol, the eight-lesson online professional development program, an online course for socially conscious organizations focused on improving communication and culture in the workplace. Deborah's going to talk with us today about how communication can boost confidence and empowerment, specifically at the individual level. If you want to feel empowered and be a great communicator, listen to our conversation. Hi, Deborah. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's so good to have you here. It's so great to be here with you, Beverly. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Sure. I am Deborah Roberts. On a personal level, I've been married for over 30 years, and I have two grown wow. sons. Yeah. So I, I talk the talk, <laughs> and I walk the walk. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And I live in New York, and I was just telling someone the other day, I used to love playing tennis, and I just started playing pickleball. And I didn't think I was going to like it, but I like pickleball. It's it's there are a lot interest. of people doing that. Yes. Yeah. So that's my personal life a bit. Uh, professionally, as you said, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm a trauma consultant, and I've been doing business consulting for many, many years, a few decades. 
And the common denominator that I found through all my work in all settings, and I have been in the trenches in working for, for over 20 years in nonprofit organizations. And what I learned between businesses, nonprofits, individuals, uh, different personalities, regardless, the common denominator is always that when you give people communication tools that they can use in their everyday life, it changes the quality of their life. It changes wow. not only that interaction, but it can change their relationships, their feelings about themselves, and just the trajectory of so many things. And so that became the sort of the, the reasoning behind how this all came together, the logic. I'm a practical person, and these are just, I, I'm very logical and practical, and my tools are always something that you can either shift your thinking or start to use in the next conversation. Wow, that's just a direct direct connection to what our mission is here. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about your own personal journey to self-empowerment, where you came from, where you are now? Sure. So my mother was a third grade teacher in a low-income area where children really struggled educationally and personally, emotionally. And I was about the age of her children in the classroom when I started visiting her school. And one of the things that really struck me growing up was how connected she was to these kids who were so different than she was, but she loved them and she was so kind to them and concerned about them, but in a very loving way that was appropriate to being a teacher, but just very loving and caring. And the notion of how kindness connects people. And how when we communicate in a respectful way, that became a lot of how I grew up to, I think, appreciate the connection that we have with people and the respect for everybody, regardless of our differences and the desire to get along. So I think the influence of my mother at a young age was very powerful. And my journey professionally is that I made a choice to go into social work because at the time, I thought I would get bored with a lot of other professions. It gave, it afforded me the opportunity to work in different settings, and I loved it, and, and it worked for me. Had a long-standing private practice, which was also a choice, so that I could control my destiny a bit with when I knew I wanted to have a family, whether I wanted to teach at college or whatever I wanted to do. I wanted to have some freedom in my schedule. And then ultimately this phase, which is a whole new area of taking this communication model and now truthfully bringing it out into the world has become a mission for me, having written my book, The Relationship Protocol, a number of years ago, and now taking that model and bringing it into the workplace. So I've kind of been, you know, in the driver's seat for a long time, maybe not so forthright about it, but knowing, trusting my gut and knowing what felt right for me. Wow, that's. That's it. You're authentic and you're living your authentic life. I think I'm just very impressed. Mm, thank you. So I, I know a lot of people have challenges with communication and I personally have a challenge. I'm ADHD and my daughters have given me feedback that my communication is not great, that they feel that I'm not necessarily present or attentive. And that that causes them to feel like I don't care. What can I do to enhance my skills and improve that situation? 
So there are two parts to a conversation. There's the person who's speaking and then the person who's receiving the information. And what you're saying is when they're, it sounds like when they're speaking to you, they feel like you're not listening or when, when you're responding, you're not necessarily connecting to their experience and what's going on for them. So they're, so the conversation feels disconnected perhaps for them in a way. So I want to start by saying, um, I literally just published an article for my Inc. column on active listening, and it's a very okay. comprehensive article about steps to achieve active listening, whether you're bored or you're just not sure how to do it. But active okay. listening is part of what you're talking about. So that's something to, to consider checking out. In general, okay. when someone is speaking, you want to have your feet on the floor And if you know that you're ADD and you can have any awareness to staying focused on the person and what they're saying, that's the goal, that you're very present in that moment. The problem is that typically, and it's not just ADD, by the way, so you're you're not alone in, in this concern. Because whenever we have a conversation with someone and they don't feel heard, there is a disconnect. And you said it beautifully, and your daughters have said it. They don't feel cared for. And that's what I teach. Right. So that's not new information to me. I don't want you to be hurt by that as much as know that that's a common feeling when we don't feel hurt. We associate that okay. with not being cared for. And so your job is to tell them the truth, which I'm sure you have already. I love you. Right. You're important to me. And this is something that I'm going to work on. But if you feel that I'm not listening, Please stop talking and respectfully say to me, hey, mom, I I feel like I lost you. And then I'll snap back into the conversation and remind myself, but I don't want you to feel that way. So rather than you waiting until you're finished with the conversation and you're upset with me, please tell me in the moment that you notice it and I promise I won't get upset with you. So you're giving some responsibility to your daughter if or daughters if they're willing to do that because that's a nice way for both of you to kind of stay in check but they have to trust you that you really do care and that they do matter right. and that this is important to you you have to be very clean in the way that you speak about it not joking not putting them down or yourself very clear right. communication about what, what that that is important to you and that you want to get to the other side of that whether it be you learning skills to manage your focus and not getting distracted and or them also contributing and giving you feedback. Good, good. And, you know, a little bit of tweak if you need it. Wow. That's, that's so wonderful. I'm going to practice that tonight. (laughs) So in general, aside from this particular experience, Mm -hmm. how can women or how can anyone enhance their communication skills? For me, the thing that I teach first when I'm teaching communication is about self-awareness. The notion of participating but observing in a conversation or knowing the kinds of and knowing the kinds of things that are upsetting to you, hot topics, a, a person with a tone that gets to you. If I know that I'm going into a conversation with someone that might rile me up, it's my job to pay attention to how I want to show up and so that I can make conscious decisions about how I want to respond. And that's really the key that, similar to what I was saying a moment ago, 
we can only control ourselves. So I need to show right. up and be, and be present in how I want to come across mm -hmm. so that the person feels heard, so that I do connect with them. Because the key to relationship building, building trust, and having good communication skills are when we can connect with the other person's experience. And if I'm not paying attention to you or noticing you, then I'm going to be missing that. But if you start to get upset or you're, you look bored or you're turning away from me, then I'm going to notice that. And I'm also noticing myself and what my reactions are to the conversation. So there's a little bit of work to do. It comes naturally the more you practice it, but it's checking in with yourself, knowing how you're doing, how you're feeling so that you can see if, if your upset is rising or, or that type of a thing, if tension is building. And also to pay attention to the other person while you're communicating, because that's super important as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, have smartphones really impacted communication in general? Yes. Smartphones, texting, anything that is electronic and not visual it impacts because we're all distracted. Everything moves so fast. We don't, we half listen because we're thinking, my phone just dinged. <laughs> you know, I wonder what that is. Now I've, right. for whatever you just said, I'm going to miss it. It's that type, it, it's simple. But we have a whole generation of people who are not as great at direct communication because if you text me, I have a moment to think about what I want to say back to you. And in, in terms of written word, whether it's email or text or however you're communicating through messaging at work, it's missing nuance. So I don't know how to read it. I have to give you the benefit of the doubt that you mean whatever you wrote in a positive way. And if I don't know you well, that might not be the case. So on so many levels, smartphones have influenced our communication in some ways good because we can reach more people and have right. you know different types of interactions but in other ways for for the fundamentals of communication not so much not so great yeah you see that cartoon with a couple at dinner and they're each on their own phone texting each other instead of sitting right. there talking to each other right right yeah what are some ways some tips you can give someone to focus Sure. For focusing, it's really important to use the cues from your body to help your brain to connect. So I want you to put your feet on the floor, wiggle your toes, stamp your feet lightly up and down so you're connecting with the earth. Take a nice deep breath in and, you know, exhale. Let your lungs empty, throw your shoulders back. And most importantly, sit up straight. Sit up straighter than you are. Open your chest. Because when we do that, we're connecting with our body, which wakes us up a little bit to then remind us to focus on the, the conversation or whatever's at hand in front of us. It's using wow. the cues from your body to be able to interact and connect. Otherwise, we're in our head and, and we forget that there's a whole other world below our neck. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is, I've never thought of that. That is great. That is great. Oh, good. Any specific suggestions for communication for people in a personal or romantic relationship? One of my favorite suggestions is to listen as if you're on a first date. So, Ooh. <laughs> well, if you think about it logically, when we are just meeting someone who we're interested in, we lean into the conversation, we're curious, we're not making assumptions, 
We don't jump to conclusions and cut them off. We're actively listening, partly because we're curious and partly because we want to make a nice impression. So if you can take yourself back to the mindset of being on a first date, it's a great way to approach interactions. Even someone like me who's been together for a long time with my partner. Yeah. I would think sometimes the longer you've been together, the tougher tougher it becomes because you get so relaxed and comfortable that you don't think about those things. Absolutely. That is absolutely what happens. The, the role that we each play, though, is to let our partner know when we feel like we're not being appreciated or respected or cared for in some way. And I don't mean on a regular basis being overly sensitive, but it's my job to communicate when something's bothering me and I realize it's significant enough to say something about it. It's my partner's job to listen and to listen with curiosity and no judgment. And that's how you have a healthier back and forth. When we don't judge each other, we feel safer. We give each other the benefit of the doubt. And there's that's how trust builds. Yeah, that's. That's so important. So have you always had strong communication skills? Probably. You know, they've certainly grown from the work that I do. I've been involved Mm -hmm. in so many scenarios. I think my nonprofit experience is really what honed my skills because, for example, one of my jobs was working at a runaway program. So I was literally um, called you know, in the middle of the night to go meet a teenager at the railroad tracks who was thinking of jumping, you know, that kind of stuff and some very serious situations. So I learned how to do crisis intervention. However, what I learned from that is how to connect with someone's experience quickly. And that's the key to making change. And I think that, I don't think I realized at the time, but that type of fast moving, fast thinking, and how, how, how do I, you know, what do I do? This is an awful situation forced me to express myself a little bit more succinctly, a little bit more clearly, and to connect with that other person too. So I, I would say I already had leanings in that direction, but everybody can learn how to be a better communicator. That's why I wrote my book because, and I checked with so many people, is what I teach in my work uh, can, can I duplicate it? Can people learn this? Or is this just exclusive to me yeah. and, and me saying it? And it isn't. Everything I teach is something you've heard before, but I just put it all together for you. Make it easy. Now, you mentioned something when you were in those situations at the nonprofit that you could quickly connect with that person. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Well, it does require listening and being very attentive to what's going on. And connecting can simply be validating and acknowledging that the other person is having a hard time, that they seem upset. Whatever it is that they're saying to you, I'm not going to tell you to mirror it back. I know that's a big communication strategy. I don't typically recommend that because it can be seen as inauthentic. But I think that When you're present with someone and they're having a hard time, you need to be able to have a certain tone in your voice that's reassuring, that connects with them. And I will share with you that many years ago, when I was a teenager, I had a young teenager, I had a good friend who was a, got very involved with drugs. And one day the situation got scary and I called a hotline, an 800 number. 
And this woman on the other end of the phone was so kind. And instead of asking about my friend, she asked about me. And she said, you know, did you eat dinner? And does any adult know what's going on in that house? Nope, nope. And she, she spoke to me and made suggestions, but she cared about me. And I didn't call about me. I called about my friend. But I, right. remember, I remember hanging up that phone and saying, holy cow, whatever she did made me feel better and made me realize that I was in over my head. And it made me want to be the person on the other end of that phone. That, wow. And that, that was very influential to me, to be able to have someone, she connected with my experience. And it was just validating and asking me questions. So that's wow. a, I don't know if that's an elongated answer, but that's, that's the key is to connect with their experience by really listening and asking questions in a genuine way. If, if you're wrong, they're going to say, no, that's not it. It's this. Okay. I wish I could take your pain away. I'm so sorry you're struggling. Is there something I can do? And if you can support them, do it. If you can't, tell them, but that doesn't mean you don't care. I was always taught to mirror back to someone I know. in the communication process. You know, if they stated their feelings, you state back. Now, this is what I understand you just said. Is that something you advocate? So it's not part of the way that I teach communication. I definitely see the value in it, especially if we're doing this which I call misfires, mm -hmm. where you say, let me be clear, this is what I'm hearing. Am I correct? I think if you do it all the time, it loses its, you know, it, it just feels a little phony or a little scripted. And some people struggle with that. And the last right. thing I want someone to feel is they're saying something and they mean it and the person is hearing it as scripted. So I would say use that when there's a misunderstanding or when you want to make sure that you're hearing the person, not on a regular basis, because it'll get old, I right. think. But, but I could be wrong because there are, by the way, a number of couples, relationship experts, it, you know, top in the world who utilize those kind of methods. So who be it, you know, far be it from me to say that it's not a good way to do it. It isn't something I think works all the time. It's just my opinion. I had a situation at work where I had to work closely with someone that didn't really want to communicate with me. Mm -hmm. He was upset. He was, and it was kind of a toxic work environment on top of that. How yeah. do you communicate with somebody that doesn't want to communicate with you? <laughs> you know, it depends on the circumstances. I, I can respond in a few different ways, but... Okay. Part, part of it is, do you have any idea why the person didn't want to communicate with you, if you don't mind me right. asking? I mean, you know, no, I don't know if you I, want to answer that, you know. I kept probing and I never got a good answer. He, he would sit back and cross his arms like this when I asked him a question. Mm. So I think that the main thing for you in that moment is to realize I've asked questions, I've tried to understand, and I'm going to be polite. But I'm not going to go the extra mile for someone who's unwilling to give it back to me, if that's reasonable. I don't know yes. if it was a work setting and you needed to be able to communicate with that person. I think the first thing is to try to approach them, as it sounds like you did, and say, hey, it seems like there's an issue here. Help me understand what's going on. Am I doing something or am I missing something? If he doesn't tell you, then you can't really move there's forward There's nothing much with you him. can do. And if he yeah. does... 
and you can own your part. That wasn't my intention. Can we work together? It's as simple as that to move forward usually, sometimes. And that, I assume, could work with relationships too. 100%. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that happens is when you're having a conflict with someone, you when they tell you what's bothering them, don't defend yourself and don't okay. jump on them or tell them they're wrong or you're right or continue talking. The key is when a conflict starts to happen that you stop talking about the topic and you start talking about what's happening between you. And if they tell you something's bothering them, listen to them. And right. if it's something that you did, the best thing you can do to be able to move forward is authentically and you know, taking accountability and taking responsibility for how they feel, not for the rest of their life, but for that one situation or that one interaction. Right. And you say either, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to do that. You matter to me or that wasn't my intention. Can we move forward? Please give me the benefit of the doubt that didn't mean it the way you heard it, didn't mean to do that to hurt you, or did realize whatever it is, instead of defending, when we own our part, it helps the interaction okay. to diffuse and move on. So how do you think communication overall impacts a woman's journey from self-expression to self-empowerment? Well, I believe that when we have effective communication skills, we are in the driver's seat of our life. And if we are going to have full self-expression and arrive in a healthy place, we're making conscious choices about what we want to do. We're making decisions about our own destiny and, and what feels good for us, but also for the people around us. And I think if we can make choices based on understanding ourselves and communicating what we need and what we want in a way that others can hear us and that we can hear them, we have a much more balanced, meaningful life because our relationships are also a big part of how we function. So it, we won't be isolated, we'll feel connected, but when you can communicate, you are in the driver's seat. And if you choose to be in the passenger seat, it's for temporary reasons. It's not because you're being led around and you're not interested in having some control over your own life. So I suggest that our goal is by bringing self-awareness into our lives and bringing communication in and coping skills so that we can all be in the driver's seat. Wow. And I assume this translates directly to professional success as well as personal success. Yes. I refer to the program that I have for the workplace as it's called the communication protocol, but I will often say it's the trifecta. It is everything that I have taught as a clinician, as a business consultant, because you have to know how to communicate. You have to have self-awareness and you have to have coping skills, especially in the way the world is today. There's so many changes and that's what I, I am teaching in the workplace to try and improve and humanize workplace communication. Wow. I wish I had talked to you years earlier. Oh, me too. That would have been <laughs> so helpful. A lot of companies could really benefit from what you have to offer, and a lot of people can too. Yeah. So one of the things I like to ask is, what three actionable steps would you give women to communicate their way to empowerment? So obviously I'm going to say check in with yourself, improve your self-awareness so that you know how the world impacts you and how you impact others. 
I do have okay. a technique. It's called, it is called checking in where every day you say to yourself, even more than once a day, how am I doing? And take your internal temperature. Am I happy? Am I sad? Am I tired? Am I stressed before I go into that meeting or before I have to deal with my child? Know where you are at so then you can make conscious decisions about how to proceed. Next, okay. I would say if it's an important conversation, don't be spur of the moment and blurt things out. Think ahead about what you want to say and come up with one to three takeaways. These are the important points that I want to make. Even if you need to write them down and bring them to the conversation, there's nothing wrong with that. And then I guess the third thing would be if you're having an important conversation to state your intentions up front. Let the person know what you want to talk to them about. It could be how long you want to talk to them for. It could be, I would like to talk first and finish what I have to say, and then I'm happy to hear what you think, but I have a lot to say, or this is hard for me to talk about, and it would mean a lot to me if I could finish before you ask any questions or interrupt me. Because a lot of times, part of the problem is you can do all the prep in the world, but then you start talking, the person cuts you off, and before you yeah. know it, you, you know, you've been hijacked. So stating your intentions, I want to talk to you about this, you know, it'll take about 10 minutes, or this is an important conversation for me. I've been thinking a lot about this. Can we make time to have this conversation? So you don't want to catch somebody off guard. You want to let them know when something's important to you, but you want to plan for it and think about it. That's, that's super important. What can you do if somebody hijacks the conversation? Well, rather than sink inward and get ticked, if you have an opportunity to say, can you hang on one sec? Can I please finish what I started? And then we can go back to that. Okay. Because it's, and it's I, I was just going to say, it's I important enough to them to do that. So, and I assume in all of this, it's important to try and divorce yourself from emotion, like anger and things like that to be able to communicate clearly. Well, yes, and that's where the awareness comes in. So I okay. know if I'm having a conversation with you about a topic that I know can rile me up, that's one of the reasons I prepare. And in my preparation, I'm not only thinking about takeaways, but how do I want to come across? How do I want you to feel? How do I, what, what is the tenor of what, what the energy is between us? What do I want to accomplish here? So if I know that I'm angry or I can get angry, I want to feel my feet on the floor. I want to know when I'm having a physical reaction or when I can feel my head's about to explode. And before I say something in anger, because now I have this awareness, I may say to the other person, you know what, hang on a sec. I just, I just need to take a break. I need to go to the restroom. Or I just want to catch my breath for a second. This, it feels like okay. things are getting tense or I can feel myself getting upset. You know, it depends on who the other person is and how comfortable you are sharing. But your job is to know yourself, to know the topics and the things that upset you so that you can feel a little bit more prepared, feel a little bit okay. more confident about your approach. Look, no, communication is not an exact science. So right. we all mess up and no judgments here. It's practice. Don't take yourself too seriously. Try something new. Approach the person by giving them the benefit of the doubt that they also want to have a good outcome. That way you have a better opportunity. Just even your mindset shift can help. Wow. That's, that's such great advice. Good. I have one question that I like to ask all my guests as kind of a wrap up. Okay. What does self-expression mean to you? 
Self-expression means that we have the, we all have the opportunity to learn about ourselves and learn what our instincts are, what our gut tells us about what our passions are, what our interests are, what feels good to us, what kind of people we want to surround ourselves with. And I think when we allow ourselves to be free enough and open enough to express ourselves through communication or through art or through whatever forum, I think there's a, a freeing piece that comes with that and a sense of self. Yeah. And it gives us what we call uh, in the field, a locus of control so that we come from a place of confidence and self-control that's very gratifying. Wow. <laughs> I agree with you there. Good. So, Deborah, how can my listeners find you? My website is therelationshipprotocol.com. It's also the name of my book, which is more for interpersonal relationships. And there's also information about my online course. And I have a masterclass for wellness. There's all sorts of good stuff on there and some complimentary downloads as well. I am okay. on, I'm on LinkedIn, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A Roberts. Come connect with me there. And I'm also on Instagram as The Relationship Protocol. So ladies, to get to where Deborah describes, we need practice, we need being present, and we need courage. I believe that we need both outside and inside strength and development to come together to make our journey fulfilling in a holistic way. And communication is critical. Thank you so much for being with Deborah and myself on this episode of Her Self-Expression. I love connecting you with women that can provide actionable steps and great information for you. Please subscribe and share where you listen to your podcasts at Apple, Spotify, and more so we can help other women. Stay tuned for our next episode with even more knowledge and actionable tips for your journey. The more you express yourself, the better you feel. Remember, self-expression doesn't have to be a mystery. It's your key to confidence and self-empowerment both on the inside and out. But most importantly, Remember that you don't have to do it alone. I'm here to help. Visit me at www.herselfexpression.com and join me on the journey today. Thank you and take care. Thank you for listening to the Her Self-Expression podcast today. To listen to past episodes, visit www.herselfexpression.com. Once there, you're going to want to take our quiz to see where you stand right now on your journey to self-expression. If you have any questions or would like to share your thoughts with Beverly and other like-minded women, join our Facebook group, the Her Self-Expression Sisterhood. Invite your friends too. When you download and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast services, be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends to download it too so we can continue to help others. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And remember, self-expression doesn't have to be a mystery. It's your key to confidence and self-empowerment both inside and out. But most importantly, remember that you don't have to do it alone. Visit www.herselfexpression.com and join us today.